I know many of you are dealing with allergies and all that kind of stuff, and you can identify with Nicole this morning, huh? I want to thank her for gutting it out this morning, as I told her. It's a good reminder that as we serve the Lord, we don't always serve Him when we feel 100%, but we let Him work through us no matter how we feel. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 The book of 1 Thessalonians, we're going through a study on Sunday mornings of 1 Thessalonians. It's amazing to me too how so unintentional I am about it, but how God brings messages together and ties everything together. And like we're in 1 John on Wednesday, and this coming Wednesday and then next Sunday, how they're going to just tie together, even though they're two different books, uh, how God just weaves his word uh, together into our lives and speaks to us about the things that he wants to talk to us about. So quickly, let's review. Uh, Paul is thankful and writing a letter of thanksgiving to this church, this body of believers in Thessalonica, because they have become a model church. And I believe that God wants every local church to be a a model church, a church that can be in an example and pattern for other churches as they are raised up and, and planted. Good examples, profitable, beneficial examples of, of one Christian community to another. And so in First Thessalonians, we are discovering how does a model church become a model church? How did this church get to that place and emerge to that place through their their growth. And the last couple of weeks, we've been looking sort of at, at one side of the equation. And that is learning about how Paul and his companions, these, these missionaries, were willing to go to Thessalonica in spite of the way they had been treated and persecuted in other places and how they were willing to lay their lives down and lay their lives on the line and share the gospel with the people of Thessalonica. And so it was out of their willingness to be servants, to be humble servants, and to give themselves up for others that God then used them. And so we see that that's sort of one half of it. But today, Paul's going to uh, reveal to us there's another side of that as well, as far as our human responsibility. We are responsible as God's servants, like Paul and his companions, to share the word of God, to sow God's seed, to take God's word to the world. And what does that mean for you and I? To go, as Jesus said, and make disciples. But the other side of that is not just in going or sharing or sowing the word of God, but how are we hearing it? How are we receiving it? How are we accepting it? In fact, you'll notice Paul writes in verse 13 of chapter 2, and so we constantly thank God. That when you received God's message that you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human message, but as it truly is God's message, which is at work among you who believe. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul is going to basically define what hearing is all about. And why this is important. It's because even Jesus told those who were following him, 
Take heed how you hear. It wasn't just take heed what we hear. It's to take heed how we hear the word of God or the message from God. And Paul is revealing to us here, that's that's why this church was established. That's why this church grew. That's why this church became a model church. Because there were two things at work with God behind it all. There were the missionaries or the people of God that were willing to go, whatever the cost, and sacrifice to them personally, and to share the Word of God and get the Word of God out there. But then there was also the other part of that equation from, again, a human responsibility standpoint. And that is that the Thessalonians were open and willing to hear the Word of God. Take heed how we hear The Word of God. You will notice that first of all, Paul is saying, I am so thankful. I I am unceasing in my gratitude to God that when we shared the Word of God with you, first of all, he says, you were willing to receive it. Receiving the Word of God. It means to learn It means to be teachable. In fact, the the word disciple, that which God commands us to be and to make as his followers, means one who is a learner. Well, you and I are not going to be teachable and willing to learn and receptive if we think we've got all the answers. Or if we think we don't have anything else to learn. Or if we're even just very satisfied with where our life is right now and we don't think we need to hear anything. See, sort of that first step of being a a good hearer, if you will, and paying attention to how we hear is making sure that all of us always maintain a heart and an attitude of receptivity to God and what God wants to say to us. That means we should always be in a place where we are teachable people, where we don't think we have nothing else to learn or to hear or to gain where we're always willing to learn. This word also speaks to us about taking hold of something by showing strong personal initiative. Think about that. God is saying that He he wants in our lives this this receptivity to his word where we're willing to seize it, to, to take hold of it, to, to grab a hold of it. That's what the word received means. It's sort of like we've got to take that responsibility and we've got to show strong personal initiative in doing so. How can we as a church show stronger, positive personal initiative in grabbing hold of the word of God as a church and how can we as individual believers individual followers of Jesus Christ in our own life in our own walk with God show stronger personal initiative in our life to go out there and grab a hold and take a hold of the word of God 
That's what it means to receive the word of God. There's a lot of resources out there for us to to gain greater insight and understanding and comprehension into the word of God, into God's message. But you and I have to put some skin in the game, if you will. We've got to show some kind of initiative. There's got to be some kind of self-motivation. Because external motivation is only going to take us so far. And even though we as brothers and sisters in Christ are encouraged to encourage each other to, you know, place ourselves in an environment where we can grow in our understanding of God's word and gain more and more of God's word, that again is only going to take us so far because we're not always going to be around each other. And especially say Monday through Saturday, I mean, even discounting Wednesday night here at the Oasis, we're pretty much on our own out there. And unless we have that strong personal initiative and that self-motivation within us to receive more and to learn more and to be taught more and to gain more, then we're probably not going to literally take hold and seize the opportunities we have to get the Word of God more into our life and receive it. But the Thessalonians did. And Paul was so thankful for that. He could have come across a group of of, uh, of folks in Thessalonica that says, Paul, that sounds good, but I'm good where I'm at in my life. And I, I pretty much think I've got life figured out and, and I know everything. And just take that message on somewhere else to some other town, some other city. No. No, Paul says, I'm so thankful to you, God, that when we came to Thessalonica, these folks were willing to receive it. That's part of it. Second, Notice Paul says that the sort of next aspect or part of of being a hearer of the Word of God is the word accepted. They accepted the message, not, Paul says, as a human message. That, That Paul and his companions were simply the mouthpieces of God from the Thessalonians' viewpoint. They were simply spokespersons for God. That ultimately, it was God who was speaking directly to them. And that's part of what this acceptance of the Word of God and the message of God means. That God is speaking directly to us, you see. And that we are welcoming and embracing what God wants to and desires to say to us to the point where we make it our own. That's what the word accepted means. In other words, we're willing to accept what we need to hear, not necessarily what we want to hear. So there's a couple different things I want to emphasize there that God emphasized to me as I was preparing my own heart for this. One is this. Acceptance means that I know God is speaking to me. And we as Christians, we, we, we can get to a place where like we're hearing a message from God, whether it's in church or on the radio or maybe even just a, a message from God that God's giving us out of our own personal devotions and time in His Word. And, and one of our thoughts is, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. Or, I hope 
that this other person that I'm thinking of right now, I hope they're listening to this. But see, to accept God's message means that you and I know and we're willing to acknowledge that though other people need to hear what God wants to say to them, I need to hear it too. And that God has a specific personal message just for me in his word. And he wants to get through, not just to everyone else, he wants to get through to me. And that I need to be willing to open up and accept it. And welcome it and embrace it. You see. It's for me, not just for someone else. And secondly, like I said, that we are willing to accept it when we say, God, share with me what I need to hear, not necessarily what I want to hear. I welcome it, God. I I embrace it. I go back in this concept to my days of playing sports. And I say go back because my days of playing sports are over. But I can remember that that's sort of how I, I looked at some of the best and most effective coaches in my life that I ever had. The ones that got the most out of whatever talent God had blessed me with for whatever particular sport. They weren't the coaches that said to me, Yeah, you're doing fine. No, they were the coaches that were always trying to point out things that I could do to improve and make myself better and better myself and become more proficient, you see. Sometimes I didn't like it, but it did make me better, you see. And that's what it means to accept it. Many of you, Many of you, and I want to thank you again, many of you have served all of us and our country in the military. And when you went in first to the military and you went through all that training, all that you went through and all that you heard and all that you experienced, it wasn't stuff that you necessarily wanted to do and wanted to hear, but you placed yourself in that position because you knew at least that, that they were trying to prepare you for what you were going to face. And in, in order for you to survive and others to survive and for you to be the soldier that you needed to be, you had to go through all of that. You had to accept it. You see. And God is calling us out as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And telling us that we need to be careful how we hear God's message. And that first of all, we are always willing to receive it and we are always willing to accept it. Which leads then to this other point. And that is, notice as Paul goes on here in verse 13, he says these words. He says, you accepted it not as a human message, but as it truly is. God's message which is at work among you who believe. Sort of the third aspect here is that at work part. It means to actively operate in our life. Think of it as sort of spiritual surgery, if you will, where God wants to take his word 
and literally come into our life with his word and, and do spiritual surgery, if you will, in us. To, to operate within us through his word. And we get that because the word of God talks about that in other places. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, the author of Hebrews says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Or we could say in this context, sharper than a scalpel. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow and is even a, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word can get into places where nothing else can. And God wants to take his word and wants to work it into our life and operate and do spiritual surgery in our life. The question is, are we going to be a willing patient, if you will? Are we going to lie down, if you will, on God's operating table and say, God, take your word and, and do the work in me that you need to do. Operate within me. Or are we going to resist it? Are we going to say, no, God, I, I don't want you doing spiritual surgery on me. Because what Paul here in Verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 is, is reminding us is this. In God's universe that he created, he chose to give us a free will. And so in that, part of the equation always is, and this is why Paul was so thankful, is that you and I can say... No. You and I can say, no, I don't want your word coming into my life. I don't want to receive it. I don't want to accept it. I can be exposed to it, but listen, but unchanged. And God has designed his, his word to where if we are exposed to it, then he wants to use his word to change and transform our lives. As I have said many times, the Bible is not designed by God for information, but for transformation. God did not give us his word simply to be able to fill up our heads with Bible facts and Bible knowledge. Even to the point of, even if we know where certain verses are and, and we can quote and we've got verses memorized and all that, that's all great. But if God's word is not changing us and transforming us from the inside out, making us different people, then we're not good hearers. We're not taking heed of how we hear the Word of God. We're not letting God's Word work in our lives. This is why Jesus spent so much time in the Gospels when He was having folks following Him, talking in parables especially about our heart and the condition of our heart when we are exposed to the Word of God. When He would use parables about the soil of the inner man, where he would say, hey, the seed is the word of God. And, and I want my people to be out there, as Paul and his companions were in Thessalonica, sharing and sowing the seed. But he says, all of that is not. 
If the heart and the one who's exposed to the word of God is not allowing the word of God to work. That, that the soil of our, of our heart is hard and we don't allow the word of God to penetrate and to make the changes and make the transformations that they need to make and that God wants to make in our life. And that's again why Paul was so thankful. He says, the reason you have become a model church is not because we came. That's only part of it. The bigger part of it is when we came and shared the word of God with you, you readily received it, you accepted it, and you let God use his word and work in your life. You let him do spiritual surgery. You let him take his word and take the scalpel of his word and get down and start to transform your life. And that's where it all starts. I think God wants our church, again, like all other churches, to be a model church. To be an example and pattern for other communities of believers out there. If that's to happen, folks, then this has got to be a big part of it. This has got to play a big part in who we are as a church. That we've got to be a people like the Thessalonians who are continually exposed to God's word. But instead of remaining unchanged like many do when they're exposed to the word of God, we let God make the changes God wants to make through his word. Some Christians even ask, how, how, can a, how can a child grow up in a Christian home where they're exposed to parents who are believers and, and, and to Christian spiritual things and yet end up the way they do? Because, again, you and I can be exposed to the Word of God, to the truth of God, and yet remain unchanged because maybe our heart and the soil of our inner man isn't willing to receive it, accept it, and let it work. Same thing with Christian education. Folks, I'm not against Christian education. It's wonderful. But let none of us as parents or grandparents think that just by sending our children to a Christian school is the answer. Because though they may be exposed to the truth and exposed to God's word at that school, that doesn't automatically mean they're going to end up being spiritual people. Because there's the matter of their will that's involved here. It's the matter of maybe even though they're exposed to it, they're not going to let it work in their life. Same thing with the church. Though people could come here to the Oasis and hear the Word of God on a regular basis, we could leave the environment of the Oasis any and every time totally unchanged. Because just one who's exposed to the Word of God doesn't automatically mean we are transformed into who God wants us to be. All of us. There's always the possibility that we can be exposed to the Word of God the message of God. We can be exposed to God speaking to us and yet it never make a difference in our life. I think one of the great examples of this in Scripture is the Pharisees. No group of people 
we're more familiar or acquainted or exposed to the Old Testament scriptures, Genesis through Malachi, than the Pharisees of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel. Nobody knew their Bible, if you will, in that form, Genesis to Malachi, more than the Pharisees did. But who did Jesus have more trouble with than any other group? The Pharisees. Because though they were exposed to the Word of God, they never allowed the Word of God to change them. They remained who they were in spite of being exposed to the Word of God. And here's the danger. Just like with Pharaoh in the Old Testament, when he was confronted with the Word of God through the prophet Moses, When you and I are exposed to the Word of God and we remain unchanged, we don't receive it, we don't accept it, we don't let it work, then a hardening process starts in our life. And we start to get hardened and more and more hardened to the Word of God so that even though, again, we might keep putting ourselves in a place where we're exposed to the Word of God, it becomes even harder and harder and harder for the Word of God to get in where it needs to get to and to do its work. In fact, that's why in verses 14 through 16, Paul has sort of defined what hearing is. Hearing is defined in verse 13 of chapter 2, And now he's telling us in verses 14 through 16, our hearing will be tested. And what I mean by that is when you and I are open, receptive, accepting, and letting God's word work in our life, we will come in conflict with those who hear God's word and yet remain unchanged. Let me repeat that. Those who are allowing God to change them by His Word will always and continually come in conflict with those who are exposed to God's Word and yet remain unchanged. That's why sometimes you have the relational conflicts you do in your life, in your family. Because you've got You've got maybe two individuals on different trajectories, different paths. One is exposing themselves to the Word of God continually, and God is changing their hearts and transforming their lives, and they're headed in this direction. And then you've got this one over here who may be exposed to the Word of God, but who is remaining stiff-necked and hard-hearted and resistant to the Spirit and what God wants to do through His Word. And when that happens, there will be conflict. Notice what Paul says in verse 14. He says, For you became imitators, brothers and sisters, of God's churches. And because of that, he said, You too suffered the same things that your own countrymen or from your own countrymen, in fact, that they did, the Jews. You suffered. You were treated evil. And then he goes on to say, who killed 
both the Lord Jesus and the prophets, and persecuted us severely. And notice what he says about these who are opposing them and opposing even the Thessalonians. He says they are displeasing to God and are opposed to all people. By opposing the work of God, by, by being an adversary to the word of God and not letting it work and then trying to cut it off from other people, Paul's making a big, bold statement, but a true statement. He says they're actually opposed to all people. Because the answer for human beings is for us to submit to the word and the will of God. And when human beings are resistant and adversarial to what God wants to do in our lives, we're not only opposed, opposed in a sense, to ourselves, we become an opposition to other human beings as well. Because we're not going to bring about what's best for all of us, which is to let God's word work in our lives. Notice he goes on to say in verse 16, because they hinder us. They seek to prevent or forbid us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved, so that they may be delivered and set free in Jesus Christ. But notice what Paul says at the end of verse 16. Thus they constantly fill up their measure of sins, but wrath has come upon them completely. Paul's saying, but here's what happened. Though God in his sovereignty allowed this resistance and this opposition and sort of this adversarial uh, component to God's people and God's word getting out there, there came a point where God stopped it in their tracks and said, no more. No more. Because even though, again, the Bible teaches that God gives us a free will, and that we can exercise that free will, which is that other half of it. Yes, God's word goes out. But where's my heart in the equation? What's the condition of the soil of my inner man? Because though I could sit and listen to God's word all day, I could leave my time with God's word unchanged. Untransformed. No different walking out than when I walked in. Or... I can be like the Thessalonians who are willing to receive it, accept it, and let God work. Let him pull out the scalpel, if you will, of his word and begin to do spiritual surgery in my life and make the changes and bring about the changes that need to be made so that you and I can more reflect Jesus Christ in our lives. And here's the caution. Though God gives us a free will to resist and say no to what he wants to do in our lives, there will come a point if we continue down that road where God in his sovereignty will stop us in our tracks and say to us, you have resisted me long enough. Now, I'm going to bring something into your life or I'm going to do something into your life that's going to get your attention.
In fact, take your Bibles and turn back to a very sobering verse in the Old Testament, to the book of Proverbs, to Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1. And listen to this very sobering verse from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 29.1 The one who stiffens his neck after numerous rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. There is a principle in the Bible that God, just like with Pharaoh, will allow us that free will to harden our heart and stiffen our neck and resist God doing what God wants to do in our life, but only so long. And then God will stop us in our tracks. And I will tell you, the reason I can speak so authoritatively about this is because God has done that a couple of times in my life. I heard the word. I I discerned that was God speaking directly to me. But I just kept sloughing it off. I wasn't in a place where I was receiving it, accepting it, and letting it work. And God let me go for a while, but then God stopped me in my tracks and said, Jeff, I can't let you go on any further that way. And I realize God holds me more accountable because of the position that I hold and have held for 30 plus years. So God's going to deal a little bit more strictly with me. I get that. But God loves us all. No matter what role or position we hold in this life. God loves all of us too much to just let us go. When we're being so resistant to what he wants to do. I don't know about you, but it's, it's pretty sobering to me that as a pastor, as one who's exposed to the Word of God maybe more than most people, that I can let this book fill up my head but not change my heart. And that's not why God gave us this book. He gave us this book, His Word, His message to us. Not just to fill up our heads with Bible knowledge, but to change who we are from the very inside out. And God is looking for individuals and for communities of believers who will come together like the community of believers in Thessalonica some 2,000 years ago. And who will say, God, 
We are ready to receive your word. We are ready to accept your word. And we are ready to let your word work and operate in our life. Is that our heart's desire today? Will we, one more Sunday or one more week, will we be exposed to the Word of God but remain unchanged? Or will we be encountering God's message directly to us and willingly say to God, God, do what you need to do. You work. Go to town, God. Do whatever you need to do in my life. Make the changes. Bring about the changes that need to be made. I'm willing, God, to crawl up on that spiritual operating table and let you take over. Let's pray. Our worship team is going to be coming In a moment, we're going to be singing a closing song. It's a very appropriate song. It's take my life and let it be. It is my prayer this morning that I, Jeff Royce, set an example as the pastor of this church and that I'm willing to come before the word of God and before God himself and say, God, this message isn't for anyone else here. This isn't for the, the sheep. This is for the shepherd. This is for me, God. You want to speak to me today. And God, I'm willing to let your word work. God, I pray that all of us would be willing to do that. God, whatever you want to do in our life, it's always, always, always for our benefit. It's always you have our highest, best, greatest interest in mind. You never, ever will come into our life and do anything that's somehow going to keep us from enjoying life and experiencing life at its very highest level. No, it's just the opposite. That God, whatever your word wants to do in our lives, it will be so that we can begin to truly enjoy and experience life at the highest level. And so God, Help us to come today and to lay ourselves before you and let you work like never before. Let's not go one more Sunday, one more day, one more week where we expose ourselves to the Word of God and yet remain unchanged. God, let us give you permission today to change us and to transform us to be more like Jesus. These things we pray 
In Jesus' name, amen.